Gentlemen, Alex, it's good. You're back. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? I think we're all great. I think we're doing very good. Daniel, how are you? Good. Uh, All three of us are back. It's just just like assemble. It's like one day we're together, the other day we're not. We're like an unhealthy relationship. Uh, I don't know why that was the first thing I thought of, but it's like you ever had that friend in high school where it was like they're on and off again with their significant. I knew one like that. His name was mm-hmm. Adam, funny enough. Adam F. I won't say his last was, name, but a fellow was, Adam F. Actually, was it you? It was not me. No, because I wish. Also, okay, you're yeah, also an Adam F. You're that, also yeah. no, no. Adam it F. was it was a different Adam F. That funny <laughs> enough, I I had known him since kindergarten. It's oh, even like wow. one of those things where like it was a different Adam, like. Anakin and Darth Vader. No, he was always pretty much the same personality. Okay, to be okay. Yeah, he, he deadly consistent throughout his life. I haven't spoken to him in years, but yeah. In fact, what's really annoying is he was taller than me, right? So because we went to the same schools, three straight things, right? Uh, because he was tall, he's like six two, right? And he'd be. This bothered me a lot when I was in elementary school because I was a kid. He'd be tall Adam and I'd be little Adam. Aww. And being called little Adam for eight years, it really gets to you. Like Joe Podolsky yeah. and Joe Thornton. It was, like, was that the thing? Little Joe and Jump. Big Joe? Yeah. Jumbo Joe and uh, little, Joe. little Joe. Yeah. Sure. Pass to the point by Big Joe. Tip scores <laughs> and it's little Joe in front and the crowd goes wild and they've tied it up and the biggest Golden Knights are seething right now. Anyway, um... A bit of a serious note. We're going to get right into it here. We have a lot to talk about today. Uh, I'll just quickly run through what's on the docket. Uh, We will be reviewing the last two episodes of Kenobi. I feel like we're going to spend a lot more time on the last episode. That We'll finish the show with that. We're going to talk about the award show. I forgot it was on. I didn't watch it. I won't lie. Kind of forgot about it. Uh, Head coaching news, because there's been three, maybe four sort of things going on here. We're going to talk about game three of the cup final, obviously. But to open the show, uh, a warning to start, because we are going to be talking about a case that has reference to sexual violence. Uh, if you missed it, of course, this is going to be the latest in regards to the Hockey Canada and CHL. Remember that for later, by the way. And the CHL settlement with an unnamed woman who alleges that she was sexually assaulted by eight CHL players, including members of the 1718 Canadian World Junior Team. Uh, this is in regards a few days ago, the Standing Committee on Canadian Heritage had a hearing with members of Hockey Canada about their handling of this case. I'm going to talk for a bit here because I want to set this all up um, because it's very important. I got a lot of this information from Rick Westhead, Katie Strang, and Emily Sattler of Sports, and Dan Robson, of course. And there is a Katie Strang, Dan Robson uh, article. I'm going to go Andy, in a second. Here. Andy and Mendez. Andy and Mendez. Yes. Oh, it's a, yeah. a what a surprise. Whenever they come together. Um, okay. Actually, not that article. It's an it's another one that came oh, okay. out. Okay. Oh. Another one. I forgot about that one. Um, I'm going to admit, but this is another one pertaining to the Team Canada stuff. But that is a very important one that we're going to get to maybe next episode, but I completely forgot about it. Um, okay. Now, for some reference here, I just I want to make sure everyone knows some of the people that are being questioned during this hearing. First off, we have Hockey Canada's President Scott Smith, the outgoing CEO Tom Rennie, who is actually a former assistant coach in Detroit. Um, yeah, He's outgoing. I believe he's planning on retiring soon. Uh, Hockey Canada's lawyer, Andrew Winton, was in attendance to provide legal advice to the witnesses. Dave Andrews, who is the chair of Hockey Canada's Board of Governors. Now, just to give you guys some idea of how all of this went and how um, sort of the government have taken this. First off, they were looking into matters about if this, if this settlement was paid off with government money, but I think a lot more came out of it. Um, we're going to get to that exact point in a second. But first off, 
Um, from this, the federal government has actually started, they're freezing Hockey Canada's funding. And this is from an Emily Sadler article on Sportsnet. Quote, 6% of Hockey Canada's annual budget amounting to about $7.8 million comes from the government funding every year. The House of Commons, this is actually very new. Uh, the House of Commons has approved the motion via unanimous consent to ask for independent investigation into how Hockey Canada managed sexual assault allegations in June 2018. Uh, the scope of the probe is to figure out if this was an isolated event or there were shortcomings with the way Hockey Canada handled complaints of sexual assault, sexual harassment, and other types of misconduct. Because revealed in all of this, this is not the only claim in the past few years Hockey Canada has received. Okay, I'm just going to quickly read some stuff from this Katie Strang, Dan, um, Dan Robson thing, and then we can get into the discussion. Sorry, I'm ranting a lot here, but this is all very important. I'm not going to read the whole article for obvious reasons. Go read Katie Strang stuff and Dan Robson. They're fantastic. Uh, and obviously, I don't want to read an entire thing on the show because it would be boring. Uh, during the hearing, Hockey Canada revealed that it paid the settlement on behalf of all defendants, including itself, the CHL, and all eight John Doe defendants, despite not knowing the identity of those involved. The organization says none of the public funding it received were used in the settlement. Hockey Canada says that the organization still does not know the identities are still, I'm going to repeat this, says that the organization still does not know the identities of the players alleging involved in this attack. But that is, um, sorry, but that it learned about the incidents uh, the day after the golf tournament. At the time, Hockey Canada said it launched its own investigation with a third-party law firm. Hockey Canada recommended, recommended, that all players participating in the investigation, a dozen or more players did cooperate, but several did not, Smith said. So first off, we can make a pause here and discuss this first sort of point. Also, didn't he say he wasn't sure how many, wasn't that the start? At was one he point he said sure? around six, and then it was clarified later. Okay. But this is the worst part, Alex, is oh, if you more. listen... They did not sound confident about this. They did not sound prepared. But this is the first point I think we should sort of tackle in this whole thing, <laughs> that they did not mandate all players. And there, were, I think, was it 15 or 16 members were at this sort of gala event in London? And they were put on blast for this, rightfully so. And we're, we're going to get into this more later. But to start here, how in the world did you not mandate everyone there to participate because if not you simply say no 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 you can't play just to clarify the investigation at the time or the invest the current investigation because um, there's a couple current investigations right the nhl is doing one um i, I assume hockey canada had just done one and then i believe this might be their original report that okay. they are still waiting for by the way we'll get to that later but they're still waiting for it i believe this is to do with the original report which i believe i believe included london police who st i either they 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 don't know how in the world all these years later have you not found it out and how did you not mandate it at the how do you uh, just how yeah, no, I. <laughs> okay, so this is just 
all over this place was uh this thing this thing was all over the place i i was reading clips and pieces i'm like this is just this couldn't have gone worse could it have no could it like i just thought this was so messy and the fact that you're right they didn't mandate them to participate in the investigation i want to know why what like what was the what was the reasoning for for you saying do you just not care I, that i that's i guess a reason is it legitimate no but i i'd rather know that um you know i, I just it was very disappointing I, I think and it's obvious sorry like that's the obvious here is that it's disappointing i think it's extremely dumb that they weren't mandated to do this like we're talking about an extremely serious serious thing here and and i think like you're right if you're this isn't a mistake like you know and and i hadn't seen it much this time around but i also haven't been on hockey twitter as much so you guys tell me if this is uh prominent but you know when we talked about mayu and we talked about the stuff before you know the set some of the sentiment some of it was you know he's a kid it's a mistake blah 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 this is so beyond everything we've seen that we've seen really, you know, I, I know the article uh, in the men, Ian Mendez, Dan Robson, Katie Strang article, obviously mentioned uh, Reed Boucher too. I, I don't remember if you guys, I don't know. Yeah. Who just they, got extended in Russia. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so we've seen that. Like, I just feel like it's just so much, it's so big and I don't want to, I'm not trying to downplay that case but this is so big how are you not doing that so just for anyone who may not remember may you obviously was fined for sharing pictures of him and the girl having consensual sex but she did not consent to the pictures being taken and then he shared it with his teammates which is and then reed reed boucher not tyler because there's a few bouchers out there reed boucher was the one who i believe was charged with a sexual assault with would have been his what? What's the term? Oh, I can't remember. Sister. It. Billet's sister. Um, and and the the details about that were disgusting, and I remember that. But that, that's you go back to sort of the thing of um about the age. So this is the world junior team. That's U twenty, right? Mm-hmm, so yeah. they are, and obviously sixteen year olds are never really part of the team. So, but even even so, we have ages sixteen to nineteen at this tournament. I don't think you need to teach someone that, or sorry, let me rephrase this. Yes, I don't yes. think it takes a someone with a PhD to tell you what the crime being accused here. It doesn't matter how old you are. Like it, it does. If you are the one committing the crime, you do not need at 16. Who in the world thinks what they allegedly did committing such an act is based like, I, like, I, it's evil. It's evil. It's like, forget the age. I knew that crap not to do it at 16 to freaking 19. I knew when I was as young as I can remember. It's one of like the ugliest things you would ever do to someone. So like, and I know you're not saying this, but to the people saying no. like young man, they, sorry, let's, I don't think people, people said that mainly about Logan. May the other thing. ones, other stuff I, too. I don't think many people are defending this, which thank God for it. No. And I saw a clip from the, you know, you brought up education 
and I, 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 I had the clip, but the tweet got deleted. Uh, the, who, the author deleted the tweet and it was an MP, a conservative MP. I remember that specifically. I don't remember his name mm-hmm. talking about, you know, hockey Canada, whoever was there, the, the people you mentioned earlier were, you know, talking about education and things like that. And like spot on exactly what you said, like, what is, how, why do you have to, like, why do you have to teach that? Right. Like it's, it's, morality. it's, it's it's mind-boggling that it needs that in in particular why that needs to be taught here here's the thing too and and people were kind of questioning you know uh, why in this scenario would you settle on this and Elliot Freeman has said apparently he's spoken to some people on the legal side of things and Apparently, a big problem is there was underage drinking at this event. Now, obviously, this is in London, Ontario. Uh, the age is 18, so there would be members around there, depending on their age. And apparently, the sort of thing thrown to them was, you would have to settle. The I'm legal, legal age expert. is 19. Yes, 19. Sorry, sorry, sorry I'm thinking sorry. of Quebec. Sorry, yes, I have Quebec yes. on the mind. Quebec, 18, Ontario, 19. Uh-huh. So that would even opens the gap even more to those the players being there. Um um, on, on top, I had something else in my mind, but it, it just, it slipped. Um, and, and sorry, like, because I think ahead. a lot of what we're talking about here is accountability, right? Yes. And the same NP actually mentioned this too. I, I had remembered remembering parts of this clip. It's like, what are we like? Cool. You know what? I don't even want to give them props for it but they did essentially take responsibility for it which is like congratulations like i don't know do you want the you were award? going down i get no matter it what. you were going down no matter what i feel like going through that press conference and i did not watch the entire thing i saw clips here or there i read the articles and so on and so on i felt a lack of accountability so I remember what I was going to say, and to the thing of like, even if you can blame it on being intoxicated, that's still, I've been drunk before. Again, even in that wildest state, never before has something like that been like. I'm sorry, I meant, on, I meant even ho- like you are responsible for your own actions. And again, reflects on Hockey Canada for having to be responsible for these players at that time. Mm-hmm. And their line about, oh, we're borrowing players. So we can celebrate with them when you're winning tournaments and you get your gold medals. But mm. when something serious like this happens, you're like, I mean, you know, you know this guy belongs to that AO, that CHL team. We can't be shut up, shut up. Um, and and sorry, I'm sure Dave, the the C. Oh yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Dave. No, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Like everything you guys were saying were really interesting. I was just listening in to everything, and it is true that what's been going on that in what you've mentioned, Alex, in terms of lack of accountability. For me, it was just super lazy because I feel that they're just going through the motions with this, that the facts have been presented, that investigation went like this. And it it just, for me, typical NHL. And I know like this is kind of like a bigger thing, but it was something I had on the mind the entire time I was reading the article and and waiting for this episode is this, in my opinion, should be viewed as... As, as a crossroads, and I, I hope it does, viewed as something that an example between, you know, these junior players and the pro levels of just another example of hockey culture. 
and what's going on with it. Because for me, the real juniors, and you know, I've been a huge fan of the real juniors for so long. Mm-hmm. And for hey, you're the world juniors expert on this podcast. Thank you. <laughs> um, and the way I've just seen with Hockey Canada is this was like one piece that was so prompted up in a way to show that this is all the good things about it. And in a way, it's like it's, it was prompted up that it was from all of the bad things that have been going on with hockey. But for me, I think that this case has really kind of shown that, like, listen, you know, we, we talk about the problems that are going on in the NHL, but there's a lot of the things along the line that we have to really worry about. And I hope that this is just a reminder now of the tip of the iceberg of what's going on in hockey. And I know I've referenced it so many times when I spoke to Tyler Griffin from our program that he's a guy who's been saying this for so long that, Hey, like, yeah, we talk at the higher, the highest level sometimes of what's going on in the game, but let's not forget what's going on in the lower levels. And I really do hope that this case kind of does show that, that, you know, even, even when I think, you know, not us, but sometimes when you look at, the, the national pride, you look at, you know, the world junior program, you look at what's going on with hockey Canada. This is just, this is just another example of like, you can't just, you can't cherry pick the good parts of things. You have to fix the system. Oh, a, th- a thousand percent. And you know, I, I have this, I have this Katie Strang tweet here about um, and from Anthony Housefather about not doing more to discern the players involved, right? Mm-hmm. And talks about transparency and stuff and stuff like that. You know, I find it always super, super interesting when we talk about you know, going to, you know, when you're called up to a national team. And it's not just uh, in hockey. I think it's, it's like this in other sports and how proud you're supposed to be and how, you know, it, it just everyone's going to be happy and, you know, it's super pleasing. But I feel to me, it just loses its meaning when you don't hold people accountable. Cool. Super cool that you're good at hockey. But if it's so meaningful to wear the Team Canada sweater, Mm -hmm it should mean something like to those people. I don't know. I, I, I think, I don't know what I'm trying to get at here. I'm so sorry, but I just, again, it's cherry picking. Like you're, you're saying it's important. You know, you gotta be a model citizen and, you know, we always go back to the silly little things that hockey coaches like to say, okay, so where's the consistency here? Well, Alex, you making this point is actually a perfect transition to to the next block of this thing I just want to read here. Uh, First off, some members of the committee took aim at Hockey Canada's Code of Conduct, which does not require that players participate in such investigations. Conservative MP Kevin Wow, uh, W-A-U-G-H, Wow, pushed Smith on accountability, stating the organization should have compelled players to participate. And there was a quote, Uh, where basically Scott Smith said the organization is, quote, probably behind on education initiatives. What does that mean? Oh, hold on, Alex. The best part isn't even done yet. This is a part that I think stopped a lot of people, myself included. He cites the pandemic as the cause. 
because sexual assault didn't exist before COVID, apparently. That's and so this event was sorry. Not, sorry, this go event, ahead, Daniel. Yeah. No, and, and this event clearly happened before the pandemic. That's the it, oh my god, literally it happened in 2018. It oh. literally happened two years before COVID. That is the laziest excuse. And he should be embarrassed that he's he said that in front of the the in front of MPs. There were people watching that live on their computers. That is so embarrassing how you you say that you blame the pandemic. The audacity, the, honestly, the audacity, like that's that pisses me off considering the crap that went on during the pandemic, that you have the audacity to say it's the la- it was because of the pandemic. You have the lack of education, blah, blah, blah. What does education have to do with this, though? Like, what you know, they talked about education. How was that relevant in this case? Where's your respect for the victim? The pandemic. Was the pandemic, like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Imagine if you're that, that uh, if, if you're her and you're seeing this come about. So what? This isn't going to happen again now because the pandemic's up? Oh, now you're going to change it? May I remind everyone, when, when again did the Kyle Beat stuff happen? 2011. 2011. By the way, I love how quickly the Jenner and Block report got done, and Hockey Canada still don't have their thing. But just imagine you're, you're her reading this and you're saying the COVID got in the way. COVID. COVID got in the way of what? This incident of was five what? years ago. So just continuing, Hockey Canada is in talks with their partners as to whether it can change its code of conduct to require players to take part in future investigations. Who are their time. partners? Does it say, has anyone, has anyone asked the question of who Hockey Canada partners are? I'd be very Uh, curious to know. As I would too. Uh, uh, During the hearing, Smith also revealed that Hockey Canada has dealt with one to two sexual assault allegations per year, the past five or six years. So let's just get into that. So five years ago is 2017. So this would have been, let's just say we're extending it a bit. That is before this alleged incident, right? Okay, so let's just throw your stupid pandemic thing out the window for a second. Just ignoring everything there. If you've had these incidents, if there's a history of it, why in the world after the first one, the second one, would you not make a change? You know, I love that. I wonder what it's, and I agree with you, and I, I don't mean to cut you off, but and I don't mean to cut Daniel off either because I, I feel really bad. But my last point... You know, what was it before that? Why is no one asking what the numbers are? And maybe they are and they don't have answers. And I don't believe that they don't have answers, but that's fine. What was it like before 2017? Because it's cool. I mean, not that one to two per year is acceptable, but what was it before that? Who knows if people were coming forward? Then? Who right. knows? I don't know exactly how long like Smith's been around for but uh, that's that doesn't mean he doesn't have the numbers though yeah exactly that has to be when he said that he said one or two like annually so he didn't have the numbers ready he definitely didn't which is beyond me but um hockey canada said it has not received the complete report from its third-party firm and said they have been advised not to make any findings from that investigation public describing it uh describing the info as quote privileged um now 
here's something that's kind of weird to that is, and it's a bit contrary here. So I believe there was, I think Rick West had tweeted out that sports minister Pascal Saint-Ange, I could be saying it wrong, sorry, testifies that two days before our story was published, and I think he means the article he released on May 26th, um, revealing allegations in this case, Hockey Canada CEO Tom Rennie called and told her the case had been settled and there was an NDA, non-disclosure agreement. Mm-hmm. Also... Tom Rennie is asked if the eight players allegedly involved should be known and identified. Quote, we are certainly paying very close attention to the young woman in her wishes. So all of that language involved there, privileged stuff, the disclosure agreement, agreement we're listening to the, the young woman, as they put it. That's all very confusing to me. That's all very confusing to me. You know what I mean? Like, what does all of that mean? So I'm just going to finish. I'm just going to finish this one part in the the Strang article, and there's a few more things I want to touch on. Uh, Runny, who has served as Hockey Canada CEO since 2014, acknowledged that the organization's supervision of players was uh, insufficient. The line was blurred there, and we fell short. Obviously, they didn't feel it was responsible to have someone keeping a close uh, line on where eight players mysteriously went and and that's fine. And again, my next question would be, what have you done to address that? You know, uh, you know what I felt like I got a lot of from this press conference and which are not press conference, this hearing, which is essentially what we should expect is we got a whole lot of answers, but not a whole lot of solutions. Keep going. Sorry. Uh, no worries. So that's from these are just the last few things I want to put out. Oh, anyway, no, the the, the report, yeah, they still don't have it. Uh, push them to get it to you. Uh, hurry up. Um, I, um, obviously, we know the NHL are making the investigation, at least on the surface. They say they're going to make it public because there's a good chance there could be now NHLers. Um, hold on a minute. Two more things. First off, Hockey Canada apparently did not rely on insurance to pay the settlement but rather they liquidated a portion of its investments to pay. That's what Scott Smith said. Um, I wonder if that's just because I think everything starting with the government here was what they wanted to find that out. And apparently I think they're going to, there was another piece. I I, I can't remember, but they're going to do something about double checking that money. No offense. I don't, I don't care if insurance or the government paid for it, but I I think this is their own thing to make sure their money didn't go into it or that's my speculation. Our money, yeah, fair our enough. Money. Fair enough. Still, I, I right now I don't I don't give a crap who care. Like I, I, I want justice to be honest with you. Last thing here that this is something I wanted to to mention myself. So this was settled by Hockey Canada, right, for themselves and the CHL. So my question here is, why are the CHL so quiet right now, considering they were their players, even if? They were under the supervision of the CA, well, the CHL, sorry, of, of Hockey Canada, but Hockey Canada saying, oh, we just borrowed them. So why are we not throwing some blame to the CHL right now? Because they are just as responsible for those players. Or depending on if there were now, I believe, now I'm not going to speculate just in case, but if there were also players involved in this team who were then sent and loaned by their NHL teams, because that, that sometimes happens. Where is their responsibility in this? I think but it was just one guy in the NHL. I, I, maybe Victor Mete, but I don't think he was at the event. 
in question, but he, oh, I think of he, that group, he was loaned to the team. I can't remember anyone else, but, um, but at the same time, like just general, because at least the lawsuit just named the CHL and that, so maybe it's just those players. But where are the CHL and all this? Well, that's a, like, that's what I want to know. Because it feels like every other year now, there's some big thing coming about the CHL and that. Where I'm, I'm just curious, where is everything going to them? That's what I'd like to know. They've been pretty slow with a lot of things that have been happening, and I think it's it just goes back to like the point I was saying before, where with with a tournament like this, it does really bridge between the lower levels of hockey and you know really the big show on things, and it's just again, I think. And I'm not, you know, I'm not talk, speaking for them, but I really do feel like the CHL is just, they're just having the same NHL problem right now where these things are coming up and the response is so slow that it's like, oh, you got me. I didn't do anything about this. Now I have to say something, but I'm not saying anything productive. Wait, sir, go ahead, Alex. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, uh, you asked where they are. Well, they're enjoying the Memorial Cup. That's true. That's what they're focusing on right now. That's true. Uh, so from there, uh, unless there's anything else you guys want to add, I think we got the big details of it, but like do better. I just, I want to add one thing because I was talking with someone and they were just asking the question in terms of what are we expecting to get out of this hearing more so. And for me, I think, and and you guys tell me if you think differently, but for me, what I think is ex- uh, extremely important here, all of this is, I think this has showed us that there needs to be a little more transparency, and and you know every we're all look uh, people were looking at a couple of weeks ago, uh, what's going on with uh, Canada soccer and and the stuff going on there, and some of that has to, or quite a bit of it has to do with transparency. And to me, if public dollars are going towards something, I expect a hell of a lot more transparency. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't necessarily think they've been extremely transparent, uh, Hockey Canada, for many, many years now. So you, if you guys think differently, I'd love to hear that too. Daniel, go ahead. I think for me, um, like one thing I just kind of take out of it is because we do – think as journalists have a lot more knowledge now more of the insight of what's going on in hockey and I think you know we talked about so much about the Chicago Blackhawks we talk about that dynasty we talk about the cups but for me when I think about that world junior team now completely tarnished um, mm-hmm. the way I, I'm, I'm seeing it now is just how things were prompted up for that team and what we actually saw for example like that was considered the you know grinded out like you know good guys like good canadian boys type of team there was not really a superstar on that team and you know that's what we were being fed and i, I agree with alex said but there has to it has to mean something when you wear that maple leaf and i don't want it to just be because it's based on their talent mm-hmm. but i also want to see it was based on their conduct listen going into that whole presser whatever hearing uh i i thought we would get some bad stuff out of it obviously i didn't think we were going to get names or anything but like going forward i fully expect beside the transparency is i I, i'm just i'm i'm curious who's going to try and dig up more here is it going to be the government or will it be the nhl 
Um, I, right now, I'm just thinking of I'm not. Right now, my mind isn't so much on how Hockey Canada are going to improve. Um, I'm just now thinking. I my mind is in a place where I want to know who these eight were. I want to know if they're playing in the NHL. And I was speaking with someone about this. How I find it very difficult to believe that every single one of the players at that event, how no one spilled the beans. Kale McCarr was at that tournament, or sorry, I believe was at the event. He's in the cup final right now and just won the Norris trophy. I need to know how deep it is. Why no one spoke. We need more details. Like that's what I want right now. And what I'm expecting is uh, we're not going to get every answer here, but there needs to be consequences. I think we, I don't think we have the exact answer, but I think we can definitely go off of uh, our hockey history. When you ask the question, how deep does it, or not how deep does it go, but how did no one spill the beans? I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. It's just the way it's just the way it is. It's not a good, I'm not saying it's a good enough answer. Yeah, no, I get it. It's the, I think it's the extremely obvious answer to your questions when in the settings like these, and I think people would very much admit this. Mm -hmm. A lot of things are very much. It happened. There's listen. I think there's a lot we would like to say, but at the same time, the problem is none of this was proven in court. There was no guilty, guilty, guilty. So we have to be careful. But I think we all have a certain thought in mind as to why something has happened or it hasn't happened in this case. Um, yeah. I think we leave it there for now. We see where it goes. It's very interesting because it feels like this is being talked a lot more on Hockey Night in Canada than that. Um, I I'm not going to say why I think it's being covered more, but I'll keep that to myself Ooh. as well. But it is nice to see that huh. it's being talked about more. Um, and listen, do I have faith that the NHL will find more and do more? I, I don't know. I, I don't. Maybe it's because I, I just I don't. I don't. Um, it is a very difficult turn as always. But now we go to the NHL. We go to with the oh. couple and there's. We stole it's coming back on. There we right? go. You're good. You're good. Okay. Um, at least it didn't cut out too bad when we were talking about the serious stuff. The rest of it's whatever. Okay. Game three. Um, just like that, Darcy Kemper gets chased um, as Tampa get back into the series at home. Uh, it does look like that Nazem Kadri will be playing today, guys. And well, before I complain about how Emily Arena is, a, is, I almost said a very bad word, is a very bad arena full of very quiet fans. Um, Tampa showed up again, and they proved why they're good. Stop me if you've heard it before. Your tweet came true, Adam, by the way, when you said you didn't like to see people counting them out. And Tampa really did respond. (laughs) History repeats itself, man. Did it not happen last series against New York? It's happened every series except the second round because the Panthers got slapped. Again, it's happened for three years. Round one. Did I not? Did we on this podcast? Did we not say in round one, you just wait in round? Well, round two, again, like you said, in round three, they're down to nothing. Yep. It's okay. They might not win it, but they're not going to get killed. 
I almost promise you this team will not get killed. And again, I wasn't here last episode, but was I a little, I was a little worried. I won't lie. I was a little worried because this is a different Colorado is a different beast. Yep. But again, this is a team that's done it before, despite what people want to put asterisks and baloney on it. Yeah. Um, this is a team that I think has like, don't ever forget that they played the New York Island. Like, and I get it. You look at the New York Islanders this year and blah, 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 blah. But don't ever forget what the New York Islanders were the last two years and how much of a pain they were to play against, in the, especially in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've mentioned it like they've played great teams along the way. Like you don't, you don't trip and skip and fall your way into a Stanley cup, much less two in a row for a chance of the third. I think a big thing was, I think Vasilevsky had a really good bounce back. Um, oh, well, and I, well, I think let's be honest. I think the game sort of changed with that coach's challenge. Okay. So Freeman at intermission was talking about the coach's challenge. He was sort of saying about how normally coaches have said that they get around 40 seconds to decide if they want to challenge the goal. Cooper got a minute 20. Listen, I, I, I was watching that game and I was like, okay, great. Here's the review. And you know, I, I'm a little biased because I want the abs. Nate Dogg, love me some Nathan McKinnon. Um, and I was like, let's go. I'm rooting for Bo and Byram, all that kind of stuff, right? And I'm like, okay, here we go, guys. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, and then the, the goal happens and it just sucks all momentum out of viewing. It was great for Tampa because it sort of saved the night for them and then they just didn't look back. But can we put like a timer? 40 seconds max then. Because they they looked at Cooper. He said, no, they went to drop the puck. And if he had waited three more seconds, play was on. But he said, oh, no, no, I'll come back here. Video coach finally found a good angle. What are we doing? Minute 20? That's long. Oh, that's that's uh, that's not unfair. good. That's not it, I'm sure. Yeah, I guess I guess it's unfair. There's a lot of unfair things in the NHL, Daniel. But um, I, I think it's it's just like, come on. Like there's a limit, right? Uh, or there should be. It's just like, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing here? This isn't the first time in the playoffs. I feel like we've talked about this. Um, probably not the first time since it was introduced that we talked about this, but let's minute 20, a little too much. I don't like slowing the game down, Daniel. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. It just, there is that like energy, that momentum that you want to maintain. And I think coaches too want to be in that mindset and that, that really did mess things up. Like not completely, but it was just, it was definitely something that, you know, you know, you got to tinker with this quite a bit. Uh, tinker, just make a rule. Like it's, we've seen so many times these playoffs where now there's a goal. Okay, hold on, make sure it's good, make sure it's good. Um, it just ruins the viewing experience. Not to mention, I thought the angles they showed on TV weren't hundred percent conclusive. That's just my opinion, though. I think there was one that was like a diagonal sort of off the ground look, but I didn't see the goal line cam, so that probably showed a good one, but I didn't, I, well, then again, Colorado had benefited from some pretty good calls their way. Um, Emily arena, you have maybe the best team of all time in front of you. Make a bit more noise. You know what I mean? Just a little bit more. It oh, just really? bothers me. Oh man. I thought they were great in round one. I, well, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, 
Uh, yeah, we sure you were. See, here's the thing, Alex. Watching that series against Leafs, I always got it mixed up who was the home team because they're the same colors. Right. So I'd be like, "Oh, the arena's great here." Wait a minute, we're in the ACC, so Scotiabank Arena, which is weird enough because it came alive this playoffs. I know. Like, are you sure you weren't rewatching? It was like, oh, no, this man. I'm telling you, I actually game. no, no, man. I'm dead serious. I maybe I. You know what? I haven't been able to watch as much live hockey as I would have liked recently, but um, I don't know. I thought they were pretty lively but maybe i'm wrong uh, all i all I'm, i'll tell you what i told will baldwin i've seen more energy in the game against columbus on a tuesday night for the bell center i i just like it's the cup against the arizona coyotes like and you go to their viewing party outside and they're like hey Hated and then you because well, they're all drenched in sweat because of how hot it is oh and then it was raining too i get it but it's, it's it was really funny to see the cameras like denver sunshine tampa bay rain you're like that Wait That's a minute. That's not right. But like it's compared on point, to point the lightning. You need you need rain no. for the lightning. Be <laughs> the thunder. Yes. <laughs> I just thought they could have done more cuz I think I think Ball Arena has been so great and we talked about it last episode Daniel. I just expect a bit more. Maybe um, it's because of this. The Ball Arena slash Pepsi Center have waited 21 years for this. <laughs> oh, maybe nice maybe, maybe okay, I'm thinking maybe the lightning fans are like We've had we've had this before. We, we yeah, I was about to doing. say like when did they win again? Like two thousand four for with Marty. Which one? The Avalanche? the one with Marty Saint Louis and Vincent Trocheck. Oh yeah, that was two thousand four. Vincent. Vincent like Cavalier. You I said Vincent. Sorry, Trocheck. I said Vin- I said Marty. <laughs> okay, whoops. <laughs> it's just like the Habs front office, basically. Yeah, um, basically. Um. By the way, shout out to Nick Paul who had his traditional Tampa Bay moment. Uh, gets hurt, comes back, scores the game winner because Tampa. Man. He's been there like a month and it's like, I <laughs> uh, got the culture. Like that speaks to them off the ice. Yeah. How yeah. it bleeds onto it. And you can leave the room and everyone's like, oh, I'll be back. I'd like to say I I was wrong. I thought that was a bad trade because I thought Matthew Joseph was just, you know, it was one of those guys where like Tampa's bringing him up and just wait for him to do well. And he has done well, did really well when he got traded to Ottawa. But like that they Daniel. added a pick with him for Nick Paul and then. Daniel, this kind of happened. You questioning Julian Breeze ball. Don't do that. Come that's on. what that's there. There we go. Dan. That's why that's what happens when you question Julian Breeze. No. Again, I honestly would not be surprised if they find a way to keep him. Oh, of course. Of course. Um, he'll be the new uh the new uh Palat, probably. Hmm. Um okay. Um, is it me by the way, or is it, it's kind of weird to say that I kind of think Colorado have to win game four. Like he, it's weird. I had a, I'd have more confidence. Even if Tampa fall on three one, I'm not too worried because it's Tampa. But if they tied the series with the momentum, I'm still kind of worried for them. For Colorado, I mean, even if the series goes tied because that's just the Tampa effect. I think it depends on what the game or the hypothetical like score would be. In my opinion, I think if it's another six two game, then I'd be worried. But if they lose four three or something in overtime, then it screams think, to nothing tonight. To be I fair. think it'll be okay. Yeah. I have a feeling. I don't necessarily think if Colorado loses tonight, it's bad. Just because I think, you know, you go home for game five and good Lord, that is an arena and a half um, in, in Denver. So I think again, like we, I don't like, I don't know how much a, how much like, home ice advantage in terms of on the ice does much, but I think 
them screaming out there is huge because we, we were talking about that uh, in the office just about, you know, about the team and stuff. And like, man, like when the crowd in any arena goes wild, a thousand percent gives a boost to the players. They must love it knowing that it's all directed at them. And because they're professional athletes, I don't know if they necessarily look at it in the way of, oh, I have all this pressure on me. Some of them might, and some of them find ways to overcome that. But I think a lot of them soak that in, and especially on Colorado, and and same in Tampa too, take that in, and it's just an absolute 120% boost. You know who wins game five? The first team to arrive in Colorado to get used to the altitude. <laughs> oh, for sure. Like, I'm leaving tonight. Moment, puck, drop. I don't care if I win or lose. Is get that, on that. Get is back. Is that a legitimate argument? Because I was, I was talking about other people <laughs> with that. Because, you know, it's if, if that was the reason, shouldn't have Colorado been the back-to-back champs, not where they're at I'm, right now? I imagine that it's definitely an effect. It's probably less than we think. Because let's be honest, if you have to go to Colorado on the back-to-back, I would imagine it's death, not just because of how good they are, but if you're doing overnight travel wherever the Colorado, I have to imagine it saps you. I, I it has to, but like, you know, it's not like they then went back to Tampa and had all the momentum. They got spanked, so it's it's not like it's not like Goku training at ten times gravity or it's gravity at King Kai's planet. Nice Dragon Ball reference for you. Like it doesn't make them stronger, so probably not. But I imagine in certain scenarios it must. I think if Tampa wins game four and five. Oh, it's done. It's done. It's, it's not done. going to game seven and no disrespect to Colorado. It's done. It's about, it's respect to Vasilevsky. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason he didn't get pulled in that other game. But uh-huh. <laughs> well, I thought Kemper so, got again, pulled. Like, I mentioned it. I was so surprised. I think um, Alex, when you uh, weren't here, but I was surprised they didn't put Brian Elliott in for like at least the last 11 minutes of the third. No. 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 Okay. Like, this is a goalie who they might not have come back, but I don't think he cares. I think, like, remember, game one against the Leafs was 5 0. He didn't get pulled. Why why were they going to, what was going to, keep him fresh. You don't pull certain goalies. You just can't do that. You can't think of the NBA rules where uh, (laughs) last three minutes is a blowout. Oh, LeBron comes <laughs> yeah. off the court. It's amazing you won the scoring title by how many times the Lakers lost. I mean, but then again, you can't throw Russ out there. Um, <laughs> that was like Anthony Davis. I think yeah, when he wasn't shooting a basketball, it's okay. So he had he had to score LeBron. It, it's okay. He'll be with Kyrie next year. Yeah. Man, According I saw a report. It's like reports, yeah, it's like Kyrie's been in contact with LeBron. I'm like, is that not tampering? <laughs> Considering LeBron is basically the GM, it's sad. What? It's the NBA that doesn't. Yeah, Miami. Exist. Yeah, remember they got fined for uh, tampering with oh, like yeah, Toronto yeah. and Kyle Lowry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then he went to Philly. Okay, uh, the award what? show. We no, can talk he went about. to Miami. Uh, so, oh yeah, why do I think no Philly were interested? Right, they didn't tell him. He is from Philly though. It's yeah, that's why. That's why I was thinking. I was thinking he'd be good with Joel, even though like Lowry was like really hurt, but that's fine. Hamstring, I think it was. Nah. That's pretty bad. It wasn't the hamstring that like uh, like destroyed Harden. James yeah, Harden. Anyway, kind of slow. Poor old Embiid. Poor Embiid. Um, did, did did James have the fat suit on during the playoffs? Oh my That's God. not a joke about his weight. He legit. I mean, the man. The man is weird. The man's gotten two coaches fired in three years or something. Uh, yeah. 
I'm surprised you didn't get Doc Rivers fired. I won't lie, but James Harden, man, what a, what a for me, okay, we forget back to hockey, but for me, the the golden quote was when Joel Embiid said James Harden is not the guy he was in Houston. And I'm like, you pushed to get that guy acquired. <laughs> Listen, it's fine. Don't worry. Don't worry. And Dale Morey was like, hey, I like James. Anyway, remember when he referred to him as his basketball Jesus? <sighs> and then I remember Shannon Sharp was like, yeah, maybe he's actually a false prof. And they're like, oh, oh my God. Oh, that's I just, hard. I'd like to think in hockey context. Imagine if Austin Matthews said that. It's like, yeah, John Tavares is not the player he was. That'd be pretty fun. Front for her. Speaking of Austin Matthews, uh, he wins both award, both of the MVP awards, the Lindsay by the players, the Pro Hockey Writers Association with the Hart Trophy, um, which is pretty good to see. Now, I just wanted to mention a few things about the ballot before we go to Austin himself. Uh, shout out to uh, Jason Robertson, who got a few fifth place votes. Yeah, uh, my boy Kirill Kaprizov at seven. Thought he maybe should have been higher. That's just me. Uh, Huberto, fifth. Shout out to the 13 guys. Uh, second place was 20. When it came to first place votes, well, he was second overall as well. It was Connor McDavid with, a, with a 29. And Matthews wins with 119. Uh, pretty good. Alex, how does it feel? The man's done it. Yeah, it feels good, obviously. Um, no, as yo, good as man, it, How'd you celebrate? Oh, jeez. Um, I didn't. <laughs> You said nod. Okay, do it in the playoffs. There, no, man. I, again, listen, and I'm listen. I'm just, and I think he knows it himself. I'm not being critical of Austin Matthews, and he said it time and time again, man. Like all of this is great, but until you do the oh, thing, yeah. you're doing the Kobe thing, where um, like Kobe has to fill one MVP and get to the finals. The job's not done. No man, he listen. He could win no award next year, but if he wins, if God, if they win the cup, I will be more happy than I currently am. He needs to shave his head, though. He does. He needs to shave his head. He should go Matt Sundin. Um, I've, I've just, I've been saying that. I've been saying that. Tradition of can I just can I be completely honest for a second though? I'm actually, I when I saw last night that he won the Ted Lindsay, I was like, wow. I was actually very surprised. Yeah, same, same. Like, I it, thought it, they would get. I thought the players were going to go Connor. It I caught me off here, guard. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, maybe it puts in perspective the achievement of hitting 60 goals. Um, you know what else it proves, Alex? What does it prove? That the NHL player polls were definitely done at the start of the year before he scored 60 goals, and they were like, oh, best yeah. shot, best shot. Ovechkin still no. No, next year will be different. But like it was, I think maybe it does put in to a better perspective, better perspective of what scoring 60 goals does, uh, what 60 goals means. Sorry. Uh, Cause like, yeah, no, I, when I saw that, I'm like, Oh, huh. That's interesting. For I think me, it, even he, sorry, Daniel, go ahead. Oh, I, I was just going to say what Alex is just it for me. I think there was that reassurance with the Ted and Lindsay that two things like the hype was real this year. And mm-hmm. second, it just solidifies things that for years we've seen, the here and there of like how great Austin Matthews is as a player, where does he stack up? And I think this is just a good indication of, you know, we're getting it right that he is this franchise player. He is like that caliber of a franchise altering type of guy that I I, I don't know. It was just kind of gratification for the city. I think, especially like we're going to get to it, but like, you know, what we're all thinking with Keen Thompson said, 
Oh, you. Sorry, what did he say? Because I did miss that. That's a. This is a surprise to me. Okay. Um. He uh. He shook Austin Matthews' hand, and then he's like, "Thanks, guys. That's our show." And then he talked about how, like, you know, the Leafs winning something in June. Keenan Thompson, you were never funny. Okay, how about that? He did. He basically did. I didn't see that until I didn't see that until I saw it was on the dock. I'm like, wait. Remember, he did the same thing to Tampa, where he's like, they made the most wins in regular season, then tied the record for at least amount of wins in the playoffs. Which means now, Alex, the Keenan Thompson curse breaker. You will now win three straight cups. Congratulations. Cool. I'll take that. You you just have to hope now that Matthews doesn't get the cover of the NHL game again because he was cursed again. Exactly. He doesn't. He doesn't need it. Why do they do it um, two years? I don't get it. It's okay. Because marketability. It's EA. Yeah. Well, that too. Um, GM connected. Are Please? we gonna have the discuss? Because I know it's been going on. I see it on Twitter. Matthews McDavid. No. It. No. No. Oh, okay, I, is that going on on Twitter? Because like, when I-, I saw Matthews say, "Yeah, I put McDavid on my Ted Lindsay," I'm like, "Okay, good." What's the debate? Um, no, no, no. They were. I just asked talking about is Matthews the greatest leaf of all time. I know I, they oh, had okay. the discussion. He is though. He there's not. I, I don't. So. Even, been, I don't even think there's a debate. I've no. been going back and forth right throughout the year. At the first, I was like no because he hasn't won the yeah. cup. And mm-hmm. when he scored his that hat trick that I think got him past fifty, I was like okay, yeah. See, here's the problem. Because I've been getting so into basketball. And since the final started, it's all been legacy stuff. Talk about mm-hmm. Steph being in the top 10 and Kevin Durant. I keep going back and forth because I, I just think it's it's disrespectful okay, so, okay, to so, make sorry, him sorry. without a cup. If okay, he can so, get a cup, then a hundred 100%. Like I if Price won a cup, I'd say best goal in Habs history. But it's disrespectful. Mm-hmm. To Patrick Waugh and Jacques Plante and Ken Dryden to say, Carrie, my man, you're up there. You know what I mean? I think there has to be like, you know, the Dave, Dave Keon's like, excuse me. You know what I mean? It, but it just, mm. uh, it's, it's, I keep going back and forth. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, I think you have to, there needs to be a standard with the Leafs, but it's just, I don't know if it's because obviously like some, someone might say Sundin, but he didn't get one. Didn't win a cup. Gilmore didn't win a cup years ago. So it's a little difficult. So I personally, I go back and forth. I now again, I'm not a lease fan. So what the hell does my thing matter? I don't like him when lease fans debate carry prices. Like I see, so I don't know if it's my place personally, no, but I'm asking you, I keep going back and forth because he's, he's, I think without a doubt, he's top three, but it's just, I have so much, the MVP helps a hundred percent. Like, I think he's a hall of famer already. That's I know, well, I know, okay, okay. I know. But okay. if you look at the like the thing of where no, that's extreme, isn't it? That's, that's the best. That's, that's me. Get, I'm gonna get radio for that. No, he's on track. <laughs> that's the, for that's it, a social though. clip. He's on track for it. Don't do that. Don't make that. Big. No, that was dumb. That was really. Dumb. <laughs> no, no, I, I, but he's I'll like, change it. He's. I cannot. The the team with the second most cups in history mm-hmm. to say their best player ever doesn't have a chip. I think it's just to quote Stephen. It's so disrespectful. Yeah, but it's disrespectful to who? Who's the okay? Take Mouse and Matthews out of the conversation. Who's the greatest leaf of all time? I couldn't uh, like. Key, I, I was saying Keenan earlier. I make Keon, Keon, mm-hmm. Keon or Salming probably. Maybe but, one of those. Man, but I think I think Matthews is better than them. I but he doesn't have the ring. 
Legacy uh, man. We can't. Well, you need a ring to be up there. But, you need a chip. But so, Salmbin didn't have a ring with the Leafs. No, he did not. In the 70s. No. Oh, so how? Was, so. Oh, then it has to be. It has to be. It has to be. Johnny Keon. Bauer. It has to be. <laughs> going yeah, but then you're. Wrong. But then you're talking. Then then you're then you're comparing a. And this is and it's and it's oh. an interesting thing because then you're talking about a league that had six teams in it versus yeah. a current league that has thirty two. It's definitely part of the debate. Like a, a thousand. A thousand, a thousand percent. What is it? Michael Jordan says it's disrespectful to com- to compare eras. He's easily sure. the best Leaf, the most talented, the most electric Leaf in history. It's just again, I didn't even know if Salming had a ring. No. I, I should have known. Listen, that, there's like, there's two difficult. the two of the most uh, talented Leafs in history currently right play on the team. Yeah. I agree. That's with a that. fact. That's yeah. a fact. There's a yeah. difference. I'm not saying they're the greatest. I'm not saying Mitch Marner is the greatest or up there yet. He might be one day. But what I'm saying is, is talent wise, these two are the top. I don't even think that's a. I I don't know if that's. I like question. to say also one point too as well is, and I also like just as a part of context here. I'm not going to compare because we were not around for quite some time. For sure, the Leafs dynasty and uh-huh. number six teams. Um, no, but way. I'm gonna kind of compare it to the other guys we did mention that, you know, for a lot of the years we were not born, but we have a general understanding of how their careers went. And mm-hmm. I think the biggest difference here is not only did the Leafs get, you know, two potential franchise guys through the draft and are homegrown in that way, but yeah, they are kind of a lot better when you compare them to who were the other stars in the eras before when they made the playoffs, because I'm just going to name a few. Matt Sandin, Doug Gilmore, mm-hmm. Alexander McGillney. None of them were drafted by the Leafs. Is Peter Forsberg not one of the greatest avalanche of all time? Wasn't drafted by them. No. Is Jerome McGinley the greatest flame of all time? Yes. Was he drafted by them? No. But if you compare the numbers, you know what I'm talking about? Come on, Daniel. It's I'm a cherry on the top. Number. I don't know. Like, that's a cherry on top. On. I, I do agree with that. I, I okay. like that point. I think that I think that's an added bonus to all of this, to the fact that that you know they they drafted and developed him in a in a league that loves to talk about the draft in the NHL. Yep. I yep. think that that's an it's an added bonus here. I get. Listen, I think you have like. There has to be some context here, right? You do have to look and say the Leafs have not won a Stanley Cup since 1967. So yeah. if the, if the if the that significantly reduces the pool of players that you can go through, because I think yeah, like you know what I mean. Yeah. And like yeah. uh, uh, um, I was thinking that, but I didn't want to say it. I'm like, does it? it is it more difficult because there's the bridge there without the chip? Uh-huh. Oh, thousand percent. A thousand percent. And and in your and like literally, Matthew, if by your definition, and I don't necessarily disagree with you, I just I think you you have to go greatest. It's not I'm saying the greatest of all time. It's the greatest Toronto Maple Leaf of all time. So you gotta look at the context. Let here. me ask you guys this. Okay. Who's the greatest, greatest, greatest of all time? There's you cut out there. Greatest who? The greatest Pittsburgh penguin of all time. I, I'm going somewhere with this. Who is the greatest penguin of all time? Marilyn Mew. Ooh. Alex, you're thinking about it. You're thinking about it. 
I have a. I'm gonna use like a trump card with this when Alex is. No. Okay. 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 Yeah. Alex I, is I really, that. I'm just double checking something here. I'm... It's difficult. I think it's Mario Lemieux, though. I okay. do. I, I. Yeah. You have to think about it, though, right? Oh, it's definitely a debate between Lemieux and Crosby. What if Crosby didn't have a ring? That was an argument I remember before 2016 because like he only has one. And then that was the year Pittsburgh almost like at the beginning of the season, they looked like they were not making the playoffs and then Fleury went on a tear and then they got Mike Sullivan and then things changed. And then the argument there is though, you know, but they legit, you know, they played together. So there was that balance when the Leafs, it's like before Matthews, it was. Are, are Are you asking, are you saying if we just remove Crosby's cups, but everything else is the same? Yes. Yeah. I, then, know, I, I still not think, instantly. No, I still think there's de- definitely a, a a debate. I still pick Mario Lemieux, but I still think. Do oh, come on, man! Like Sidney Crosby is like the best power forward to ever play the game, and he's grinder, not even, Alex grinder. grinder, and he's not even like a grinder by definition. Like he's technically, right? He just he's just oh, that's the way guy. he that's just the way he plays. Um, I don't know. I still think it's. It's definitely a debate. Is the greatest wait, wait, LA wait. king of all time. Before we get to that, Ooh. I just like to say my Pittsburgh argument first yeah. is I'm not gonna just look at the championship thing, but I'm also I'm, the trump card I had was the Michael Jordan effect. Not that Marilyn Mute, like you know, he was considered one of the greatest, probably second best in his era because yeah. of Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. But I'm using the Michael Jordan context in terms of what he did for Pittsburgh and that team. And that's why I consider him the greatest. And just the way, like, we, I know Crosby and him have both gone through challenges, but I think the way Lemieux's been able to do that and just the way we saw him later in his career as well and what he did for the team, I think that's why. Like, you can't separate Pittsburgh and Mary Lemieux. Okay. So, who is the greatest LA King of all time? And then who's, we can move on. Because... Who's the greatest LA King of all time? Yeah. Greatest. The greatest LA King. Sorry, Daniel. Luke Robitaille. You're saying Luke Robitaille. Okay. Um, and Robitaille doesn't have a ring, does he? No, he does with Detroit. Detroit. Yeah, but he doesn't have it with LA. Not with the Kings. No, that's, uh... Oh, <laughs> yeah, because I was going to say, didn't the 24th, the 2012 Kings were the first ring? So who's the greatest LA, LA King of all time? Because this may Who actually do you think it is? Who do you think it is? Justin, no. It's no. so difficult to not say Wayne, but then it, the immediate answer you would say is Marcel Dion. Right. But everyone mm. forgets he exists and he's the greatest to never have a ring. But then we're saying we're not even thinking about Kopitar or Dowdy and they brought the chips when it is, is, is robotized one of the greatest scorers ever. And him and Dion are like the two, two of the greatest goal scorers of all time. And Gretzky, but he didn't win, but it's Gretzky. It's 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 a very difficult debate. Their sides, they're sing on other sides. I'd say I think thing, I'd go with yeah. Marcel Dion to be honest. The, the like, gap, it's go ahead. So it's like Wayne Gretzky on the list of the Rangers or the Blues. No, because that was that was there was still him in St. Louis. Like if you have like a St. Louis Gretzky jersey, it's like what are you doing? Like those two don't really count. It's it's Edmonton and L.A. Wayne. Okay. Okay. Uh, shall we go on? It's it's yeah, difficult. Sure, let's go. <laughs> I definitely think the divide does not help that. Between Keon and now, color has come to television. Literally. One thing I'd like to also say as well, 
just yes. to help with Alex and never giving up on hope. Yes. That's the true. Chicago Cubs went over a hundred years between the World Series wins. The last time I they know, won. Don't even say that to me. You know I'm that sorry, there, just, there's still 30, 30 more years until we even touch a hundred, at least 30 more years just, until we touch a hundred. Can we not? One thing let's, let's not do this. I just want to mention is okay. there was a crazy tweet. I remember when they won in 2016. Mm-hmm. Like the last time the Chicago Cubs won the World Series, Istanbul was still Constantinople. <laughs> What year? So that a world war hadn't happened. Yeah, no. that's insane. The radio didn't exist. Yeah, <laughs> Daniel, that does not. I if you thought that was gonna make me feel better, I I thought I don't know. I thought it was interesting. Um, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Moritz Sider yeah. wins the Calder Trophy. You know, what I rewatched was... today. What. I rewatched the video of him getting drafted because it's so yeah, funny. Yeah, I saw yeah. that too. Yeah. And even he like goes in his hair. He's like, what? Like, even he's completely yeah. shocked. And it I worked. Think, yeah. Like really? the NHL, I think they posted that too, where they showed between the years. And it's crazy now looking back on like how great that pick was, even oh, yeah. though everyone thought this guy should have gone a lot later. It's it's the same thing as Breezebond. Trust. Trust uh, Eisenman. Trust him. Yeah. Trust him. Uh, Bunting did not win it, Alex. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't even have Bunting on my uh, as my winner. So Can you imagine if you won? Oh my gosh. I'd laugh. A shout out to literally. the people of Scarborough because of Michael Bunting. I'd literally laugh if you won. Um, my mic has just decided to stop working now. So that's unbelievable. Fun. Uh, shout out Caulfield, ninth. Let's go. Woo! Top 10. Ah. Basu and Angles can put Carey Price. A lot of French reporters had Caulfield on their ballot. Didn't do the hmm. same for Price in the Masterton. Okay. That's I see that. I see that. The, not Basu and Angles had him on it. Had Carey too, but I just wanted to point that out. I'm amazed he got votes. I'm happy. I'm happy for him. Um, what else do we have? Uh, McCarr wins the Norris, obviously. Uh, he actually had less first place votes than Roman Yossi, which I was surprised by. Okay. Here's something we need to talk about here. Okay. There was one person who had Chris Tanev on their ballot. He had a fifth place vote. Do you guys know who it was? Yeah, I saw the Yeah, I saw that, yeah. Thomas Drance. So I looked at that and I saw whoever this was left off. Obviously, Makar and Norris, uh, sorry, Makar and Yossi, I don't think had a single like fifth place vote on their ballot. So like you knew it wasn't them. So I looked at it and I thought somebody has left off Hedman, Ekblad, Slavin, or Adam Fox. And I saw I saw Drance. He put Chris Tanev on his ballot over Adam Fox, the reigning defending Norris trophy winner. Which is crazy. I cannot yeah. believe it. And I he believed it. He Believed he but had I, someone like honestly. Do you think he had a better year than Adam Fox? And he said I, yes. I, I, I can't tell if he's actually being serious, I, but uh, no, <laughs> no. Like a defensive he, defenseman. He definitely didn't have a better year than Adam Fox, but he's definitely had a hell of a year in Calgary. He's not a better defensive defenseman than Jacob Slavin or Miro Haskinen. What are we doing? Chris Tanner. I will. He's. I, saw, I don't know who texted in the group chat, but I saw someone say he's not Calgary's best defenseman. 
he's that Calgary's was my yeah he's no, he actually isn't defense. yeah he's not he's Calgary's best defenseman no so, no he's Calgary he was Calgary's <laughs> best defenseman he was Calgary's best guys he was Calgary's best defenseman this year there's no like they crumbled did I, anyone I mean, did we all watch the Edmonton I mean, series Hannafin was better than Tanev in my opinion or more steady you know Anderson I, uh, no man best. no he was, was Tanev was they crumbled without him he man, was injured I, I on the ice and they crumpled. Man, I also, know. More love to Oliver Shillington as well. We didn't mention him on the blue line. Adam Fox, though. No, no, I'm not. Sorry. I'm not defending the pick. I'm just saying he was Calgary's best defenseman. And did he crumble without Chris Tanev, who then tried to play through a broken body, basically, is what it was. Um, yeah, Keenan Thompson, you knew it was Daniel putting on because he said OG Mighty Duck 2. I like to, um, that's actually a typo. He's actually not an OG Mighty Duck. He, he appeared in D2, the Mighty Ducks for Team USA. So He's not that old, Daniel. He's not that OG of a Mighty Duck. Uh, Igor Shosturkin wins the Vesna. What? No way. Uh, what? We can move on. Um, Frederick Anderson was not even nominated. I, I don't agree with this. Yeah, well, you know. Um, okay, here's what's really, really annoying. Okay, so um, the Jim Gregory finalists are out, not the winner, the finalist. Um, it's Chris Drewy of the New York Rangers, Joe Sackick of Colorado, Julian Breesbaugh of Tampa Bay. Hey, Alex, it's gonna, it's gonna be what Chris. do those three have in common? Huh. They're <laughs> all in the final four. They all made the final four. Okay. And guess what? The Panthers got miraculously better, got a miracle vote for Zito last year. The Rangers exceeded expectations. Chris Drewy, who signed Barclay Goudreau and the rest of it, Jeff Gordon did. Yeah. It's, again, I'm, I'm, I'm back, guys. I'm back with my GM of the year award. It's, it, it needs to be Julian Breesbaugh or it's, it's a travesty. I, I copy, paste, take out Breesbaugh, Joe Sackett. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, it, just, the winner will be announced ha- midway through the NHL draft. I think Bye. they should do it after the fifteenth over, or nope, the sixteenth overall pick. I don't. Yeah, I don't get this. So, Adam, we'll get to see uh, the Jim Gregory Award. <laughs> I can't wait to boo Julian Breesball because you know he will be. Uh, oh. No, he. It's going to be Chris Drury, like that for sure. It's going to be, be such an NHL thing if Chris Drury. <laughs> Jeff Gordon goes and he, he's on stage and he's like, Shout out Jeff Gordon, thanks for doing all the work. They put um, Jeff Gordon and Chris Jerry, you know, Jeff Gordon shaking his hand. Exactly. Uh, I don't really care about the all teams, I never really have, but we can talk about them anyway. Uh, the all rookie team, Bunting, Zgrass, Raymond, mm. Carrier, Cider, Swayman. Do you see how all of a sudden Cider's name is Cedar, by the way? I'm not, Cedar? no, we're not doing that. People are like, No, they see it's Maurice Cider, but like, no, we're not doing that. No, Wait, we're not changing it, oh, it okay, all okay. of a sudden. Moritz, no, no it's Moritz. We're not doing Moritz. this. We're calling him Mo. Mo, Mo Sider, exactly. Uh, Swayman, the, the goalie. Uh, the first all-star team. See, we have the same problem here that we did in the NBA with, with, uh, with Jokic and Embiid, and they're both centers, funny enough, for this. Um, Connor McDavid had 120 points and is on the second all-team. But the first one, Goudreau, Matthews, Marner, Yossi, Makar, Shesterkin, the second team, Huberto, McDavid, Kachuk, Matthew, Hedman, McAvoy, and Markstrom. I'd like I, to uh, just clarify, it is Johnny Goudreau, not Barclay Goudreau on the first yeah. team. Yeah, yes, Dan, yes. Or his um, brother. The one yes. thing I have is I actually think 
I think Kachuk should have been on that that first one over Marner, in my opinion. Or even yeah. like take out either of the wingers and throw McDavid on the first. Who cares about the position thing? Yeah, but the position's clearly very important. Oh my god, did you remember when Ovechkin was on both teams? Because he was a left he was the left winger and the right winger. I think this was like two thousand and don't they get bonuses or is that only an NBA thing? Uh yeah. that's also no, because no, um, if you win no the World bonuses. Series, for example, I think like this was a few years ago. You get three hundred twenty thousand dollars if you win the World Series. Imagine if Ovechkin back then they did have that and he got double the paycheck. And his owner's like, "Oh, what do I do? Suck it." I uh, think I rookies like- rookies get the bonus. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't like that Kaprizov isn't on this in some way too. Move over, Huberto. Yeah, you heard me right, Baumgartner. I want Kaprizov on there. Yeah, Alan Walsh, if you're listening. I don't think you yeah, are, but Alan Walsh. Um, it, is it just me? or I felt like this year's awards were very like, yeah, that's fine. He won. Like, People I, were upset I missed Makar. it. Oh, People really? were upset with Makar. A lot of Preds huh. fans were like, Yossi. And it's like, yeah. but yeah, yeah. Went, so no. It felt to me, especially the way they did the other awards and then how they're going to do the Jim Gregory. It's It's like, it's not like, you know, we're celebrating these players. It's more of, I guess we have to do this and tell the fans who won these awards. Like, they're obliged to do it. They're not actually enthusiastic. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, okay. Oh! Oh, okay. Hold on. Hold on. I've just made a mistake. Oh, goodness gracious. Um uh, can I control Z? I just deleted no. notes. I can't because I closed. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Okay, I'll good. do it. We'll um, talk. Coaching. I almost went to Star Wars, but no. Uh, <laughs> oh, goodness. I, I deleted them on my notes, too. Hold on. We're just going to pan it quickly because I deleted the notes on the coaching news. Okay. 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 So, first off, Jay Woodcroft at Edmonton seemed to have made it official. Three-year contract extension, about $200 million a year per cap friendly. Right choice. Good. Yes. Good. Um, is this the right choice? Pete DeBoer in the Dallas Stars, four-year $4.25 million per. Uh, Nate Graff from Sportsnet wanting to uh, be very upset with it, what he was. Um, is that the right hire? Pete DeBoer. I Under. don't think so because – and I'm not like – I think he's a coach. He's a very situational coach. And I think I just based on the experience that he had that, you know, he comes in with a team that is already kind of constructed, but the way, and I think I'm just going to base this on how we view what the stars are going to be like in the next few years is I think they're, they're going to go through a rebuild. Um, They kind of have to, especially with the prospects they have in the system. You know, Jason Robertson is a full-time NHLer now and, a lot of the guys I don't think are those type of pillars. Like I'm thinking of a Thomas Harley or a Ty Delandria. And I, I don't know this was something where it, it doesn't, it didn't sit well with me or did as a good fit. Two things. First off, before I throw it to Alex, first mm-hmm. off, uh, they're not going to rebuild Daniel because they have they don't have the cap space to do so because they paid Ben, they paid Sagan. Uh, and the money they lose from Radulov, who's apparently going to the KHL, no surprise, oh, that. is immediately going to Jake Ottinger and Jason Robertson, who I believe both need contracts. Uh, second off, I don't think Pete DeBoer is a good coach. And uh, I'm going to laugh at the Dallas Stars. Alex, go ahead. I can't wait to talk about them when they get Jeff Petrie. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, Jake, um, I got to feel bad for Jake Ottinger uh, yep. to start. Now, I agree with 
both of you, I, I don't see the fit here at all um, in Dallas. But that being said, when I heard the Pete DeBoer to Dallas stuff, I'm like, that makes sense. Like, it, I, I think in my head, it didn't necessarily fit. I'm like, I, I don't know if the, like, if the Dallas Stars are going to be a different team. I feel like they're going to be the exact same team. I feel like we're going to see no difference than what we saw. Um, why can't I remember his name? Uh, Rick Bonus, probably. Rick Bonus. Sorry, under Rick Bonus. Uh, the stars are so boring, you couldn't remember their coach's name. I'm no sorry. No, I, no one blames you. He, he has the, doesn't he have the most appearances as a coach? I do feel yeah, a little he, bad um, that, about that. Assistance included, he has yeah, the yeah. most coaching ever. Yeah, I do feel a little bit bad about that. But I thought Florida should have gotten Rick Bonus in some way, by the way. In in any in some way or as head like coach, have him as like an associate if he wanted to beside Burnett. Instead, they go with Paul Maurice. Um, now this is from Frank Saravelli. Uh, he tweeted, "Hearing the Florida Panthers are expected to introduce Paul Maurice as their next head coach, perhaps tomorrow." Sources say that Andrew Burnett will be offered a significant role to remain with the team if he's interested. <laughs> I doubt it. Um, and he also cites that uh, Jaron Jurger was the first to report it. Uh, I saw a joke. Jonathan Huberto needs to play defense. See, Paul's Maurice comes in and said, I don't have to. Thank God. Why? Paul Maurice, why? Billy, no. I mentioned I, it to you guys before. Like, Bill Zito was on such a roll with what he's then, been able to do. And, and you then know, he's okay, an unprotected first round pick for Ben Chirot. Like, go against yeah. Paul Maurice. The way I kind of saw it was, you know, as you, Burnett, I know that was not. At all, a great series against Tampa. I mean, they kept or Washington game four, or, or Washington, Washington, to be honest. But wouldn't you want to give the guy the full year? Wouldn't you want to just try to see how he things go to a president's trophy? Yeah, like, like man, what amid, are we doing? like a huge controversy with Joel Quenville, you still manage to keep the team focused and get the president's trophy. That's uh, exactly true. I'm yeah, no, I'm. I didn't get this at all. Again, Paul Maurice, another guy who, if he went to Dallas, I would have said, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but, yeah. you know, I, I look at floor, how Florida played this year and it was very fast, right? You know, and that, that uh, cost them in the playoffs. That did a little bit. I think, you know, when you go up against uh, Tampa, I think it kind of screwed with them a little when you allow Tampa to completely slow down the game and you were so unable to strip club. Yes. And so did Washington too, right? Again, Washington, I think slowed down when they won, slowed down the game. And yeah. I don't think Tampa, uh, Florida was able to adapt. Um, but again, now we're going from one, not like extreme to another extreme, but one side to the other where it's, I don't know, like, did, I don't, I didn't look at Winnipeg and say, man, they play some fast hockey. I think they played some very structured hockey and maybe that's what Florida needs. Who knows? But again, like the, if you look at what the pieces they have, I think this is going to be, and this is going to be a bit of a transition uh, for the, for the, Panthers uh, and they'll still be well, but that the, it's still going to be a transition. Ken Hughes is counting every loss the Panthers get with sparkles in his eyes. Next oh, yeah, and so will I. It's like you went from Hellebuck to Bobrovsky, who's still kind of shaky, and like, like you have a better defense, I guess. Not well, who knows how it looks after this offseason because 
I, there's just there's a lot there. At least he went from Shifley to Barkov. That's such an upgrade. Um, but I uh, I don't like it. I don't like the hiring at all. I thought they could have done something more creative. Um, I, I feel really really bad for Andrew Burnett. Like coach of the year finalist, and boom doesn't have a job and he like did everything he handled the, the Quinville situation poorly letting him go back to the bench even if they got someone who, who to hire I wanted a coach that could keep your players accountable and Paul Maurice never ever ever held sh- like Shifley and Wheeler accountable he rode Ehlers in the worst way possible I uh, I don't I just didn't I don't love it he, he's getting a better team but I just, uh, I don't know. And then obviously questions about Bogrovsky's future in that, like, as in, is he going to be good? Are they going to try and trade him because the contracts? And I, I don't like it. I don't, I, I really don't like it. Um, I like Woodcroft, by the way, and Pete DeBoer, I think is a mess as well, but I said he's a bad <laughs> coach. So sorry to repeat myself. It's um, for me. I think it's a delicate situation now in Florida because this rise is, it's not like it was just a sudden thing, but, there is a balance there that you have your star guys, but you also had a lot of guys that they performed above what we saw them for the rest of their career. And I think that they needed a bit of that system to thrive. And I think you bring in not just a coach that's going to change things, but a guy that he has his own style of things, what you mentioned, Adam. And I'm thinking about it right now is, are these guys going to improve? Are we going to still be able to see the type of production we're expected out of these types of players, or is this just going to be another step back? All right. With that, anything else to say to hockey, or do we finish with Kenobi? No, let's go. Let's go. Let's give go. me Kenobi. All right. We'll hurry up and finish because the game's starting soon. Um, spoiler alert for episodes five, mainly six of Obi-Wan Kenobi, if you haven't been spoiled by Twitter already. If, if you're only here for the hockey, see you on Sunday. Kenobi. Hello there. Oh my God, what a finale. Yeah. What an actual, what a champ. Like, listen, the hello there at the end, like that's good fan service. That isn't too much. It isn't forced. I like that. Um, where do we start? I don't know. Um, okay. Everywhere. Let's just quickly wrap up episode five very quickly because it wraps it. First off, Tala and the loader bot being killed. That's what you should have done in episode four. Rip Loaderbot, what a great guy. <laughs> Droids love self-sacrifice in Disney. They love it. Um, shout out, call General Grievous for all those lightsabers Obi-Wan found. He's going to add them all to his collection. Uh, I said, okay, we're good again because it was series was good again. Um, Reva got her episode. You called it. You called it on her, by the way. Yeah, you called it on her with the... Uh, I, I already kind of knew it. When they showed like yeah. the Jedi... The Jedi uh, temple in episode one yeah you knew something was going to be there um one thing for me is just i guess a bit more love not from the clone wars but from the motion picture aspect of it that we got to see padawan anakin again i was a little annoyed at that at first but he was like you could tell he was it is an older hating christmas (laughs) oh god yeah Yeah. and the screenshots (laughs) of him killing the younglings was like that they have not de-aged him. Yeah. They have not de-aged him. He's they didn't Grand Marv Tarkin him, no. They did not, no, or Leia. I think yeah. he's supposed to be like young, like early t- or like mid-20s in mm-hmm. like this time. Because So here's what I was worried about. Because 
in that episode and in that flashback, it was cool to see, but they were focusing on, listen, I don't love movie Anakin, except episode three, because he's a brat in the first two. Especially, I, Attack of the Clones is my least favorite Star Wars film. I think it sucks. I think it sucks. The dialogue is the worst it's been. I don't. Oh, we like love the, the arena movie. battle. You know, I do. Yes. I might have yeah. to agree with you there, Adam. Um, and the escape from Camino is pretty cool, but it is just. I hate it so. I hate that movie. And I'm a prequels per. I hate that movie. So, I of course Matt Lanter is my Obi Wan. I love the Clone Wars series, and I wanted to focus on that guy and not the brat Anakin. But what they did in the finale was they did a good job of when he's saying Leia, like these are the properties you've gotten from, from both your parents. And then he real, and this is such an important thing of Vader's character is Anakin and Vader are two different people. It's really weird to explain, but they really solidified that in the finale. Yeah. Like I thought for a second, Anakin came back and it's sort of signified by the goal of Obi-Wan's lightsaber. And when Vader in the most emotional scene ever, and the, the mix of James Earl Jones and Hayden Christensen's voice. I love that. You didn't kill Anakin. And it's like, I'm about to cry. I did. And the light comes back. Uh, Wait, so can, I, was, can I ask, can I ask you a question yes, before we move yes. on from that point? Sorry, yeah, I'm like, I'm no, 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 because I'm curious. Cause you, I know we, we were, we had talked about it before, but I, like, I think you can absolutely see the similarities between Anakin and Darth Vader in their yes. in their yes they're different people a hundred percent but I think and and I think they do a really good job in the show in explaining that in episode five where he essentially where from the entire show for the most part they're walking you through both Anakin and Obi-Wan's process while they're in a fight mm-hmm. and then you see Darth then then you see Darth Vader do the exact same thing. So like, I, what do you mean like that? They're in what way are they different? Cause like in that sense of how he explained it, they're still the same person. So what, what I saw is it was more the, the bad side of Anakin. Mm-hmm. So the lack of patience and all that, mm-hmm. the things that undid Anakin. And if you watch the Clone Wars series, as you have Alex, you see that there <laughs> that was, was, that was a dig at Daniel. That was a dig <laughs> at Daniel. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there is a kindness. There is a hero in Anakin Skywalker. Sure. But unfortunately, in Star Wars media, it's after Attack of the Clones. So when I saw that freaking braid, I'm like, like, the, seriously, episode two, Anakin makes me so mad. And he's my favorite Star Wars character, right? Anakin Sky, but it's epi- it's it's Clone Wars in episode three, Anakin. It's, it showed the negativity with him. And maybe you could say the positive stuff was within Leia. I think it was episode two of the series we talked about. But um, it was, they were showing all the bad sides of Anakin. The thing that showed that he could one day hit the dark side. The thing that the Jedi Council War is like, he's this, 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 he'll never make it. And not the positive things. Now, maybe once Obi-Wan finally realized it wasn't his fault, it was like, sort of like a, a galaxy brain riding on my part, but it was just, I didn't like how it was. It made sense in the context of it to be like, this is what they can does wrong here, here, here. But let me say this out, Alex. I would hate it a lot more if episode six didn't happen. So for example, I don't know if I've ever shown you this. This is a bit of a spoiler for Star Wars Rebels. So excuse me, but it's very important. So as you know, in this fight, the left side of Anakin's yeah. mask was torn off, right? Really cool to see. So in Star Wars Rebels, the same thing happens to the right side of his mask. It's against Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. And they share this moment, and you will cry watching it if you've watched Clone Wars. 
and it's the same. She says, Anakin, and it's like, I won't leave you this time. And she's like, he says the same thing. You will die. And it's like, oh, it's, it's hard. And to it's explain. actually Anakin, right? And like, it's, and you hear Matt Lanter. You hear yeah. Matt Lanter. So it's, and it's, it's, you realize it's Anakin again. And it bleeds through until he says, you will die. And it was, it was a really good moment because you think for a second, Anakin's going to come through. We all know he's not going to because episode four, five, and six have to happen. But it was just, it was a redeeming thing for a second. Not for us too, but also for Obi-Wan. Because he was like, we're good now. I know, I'm, my friend is dead. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'd, I'd be more critical of episode five, but episode six happened. Sorry, I, I went off. You know what? No, I like that. I, I like, I, yeah. yeah. No, no, I did. I did like that part where there is that sense of relief with Obi Wan, where we we see that the return to form, Obi Wan, and the com- I guess like you know the complexity of everything that we didn't get from the movies, and I'm not I'm not saying just Clone, War, but I'm like I'm talking about between between three and four, that it's just okay, this happened, all this stuff happened, all of our favorite Jedi were killed, and. We go to episode four and it's just, you know, things are already established and Obi-Wan's old. It's like, no, what did he do beforehand? And why is, I think for me, it's, it's, I, I have to watch episode four again, knowing this context for an, epi- for an episode six of the series and just seeing that duel again. It's, it's, it's a cool thing because obviously in the movie, it's a plot hole that they've sort of quietly fixed. He calls him Darth instead of Anakin. So it's kind of like, why'd you call him Darth? Obviously, this was before the whole Darth is a thing of the Sith thing. This was obviously, this is George Lucas, obviously, like improvised the whole I am your father thing, right? So his name was Darth Vader. But it, they've sort of retconned that in a way, which is really nice. And the question was, how the hell did he go from nearly like emotionally being so drained in episode three to hello there, Luke, in episode four? You know what I mean? Of, of the movies. It's, it, it was a question that we needed answered in a way. And I think they did a good job. Um, yeah, I, so I, I have two things, but I'll start with the first one here. Cause I, I've seen people say it on Twitter, but I haven't really seen anyone explain it. So maybe if you've seen it as well, you can explain it better than me mm-hmm. uh, or them. People were saying, so this was a six episode series. Mm-hmm. People were saying that each episode correlates to the first six movies in terms of the, the path. Is that true? Okay, let's think of this. Um, so the acceptance, the thing of Vader and the, sort of the nice happy-go-lucky pro-like thing at the end works with episode six. Mm-hmm. Also, um, I'd like to mention, just, just my opinion, Adam. Yeah. Uh, episode six of the series, I think, correlates with a vulnerable Vader because we didn't see that yeah. until Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Math coming off, by the way. Um, oh, by the way, so remember how I said Anakin, Ahsoka got one side, Obi-Wan got the other? People on Twitter were like, but Luke got the whole thing off. Anyway, um, I saw episode that, yeah. three, obviously, Anakin gets his butt kicked. And in episode three of the series, Obi-Wan gets burnt to death. Yeah. Um, well, in episode know. one, you're introduced to Leia. Episode one, you're introduced to Anakin. Yeah. Um, I'd have to think about it for episodes four and five. Because okay. it's funny that in episode six, we saw the start of that recreation of episodes four shots with it's the small cruiser and then the Star Destroyer comes yeah. on and there's a bit of a chase, but it's a bit of, bit of a deception. I episode have to five had the siege. Oh, like Hoth. yes. And episode four is they infiltrate to rescue the princess. Yeah. Yeah. 
There we okay. Go. Okay. It works. There we go. And episode there five is like when they're because Reva sort of the, 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 maybe you can see parallels between Reva. Well, I mean, it's a big reveal, I guess. That's the one thing. Yes, that's. Yeah, I like it. That works okay. actually. That okay. works. So the people yeah. on Twitter weren't lying about that one. Um, my second thing, I do. Ha- it's not a criticism, to be honest. It's just like this was like fire. this was. Oh, I almost swore there. This was perfect. I yeah. love this. I love this episode. But it would have been. You know what? I one thing that I've just felt like we never really got from Star Wars, but what? in the movies. But some I see it all the time in the comics where Palpatine is like he's a bit of an ass to to Vader a lot. Yeah. That's what I've seen from the comics. You oh, know, yeah. know better than me. You know, when he lost to Obi-Wan, I was like my first thought was, oh, man, we're just going to see him lose it in whatever way it's going to happen. But we didn't see that. Was I disappointed? Sure. That's like, again, great episode. It would have just I'm been cool. Yeah, it would have been cool to see that because I feel like we've never, we haven't explored that at any point in any of the movies or in the shows that I've seen. I don't know if it happens in Rebel, but um, that's something I would have liked to see. It's a mix of he loves taunting and just messing with Vader. Like yes, it, it's a common theme. I think the only time he really lashes when is when he ignores his orders mm-hmm. and like defies him. Um, the like taunting too. I would have liked. I would have liked to see that. Is what I mean. More too. like a Vader failed again, Lord Vader. Yeah, uh, like dig into the weakness. Listen, I'm being really petty. It's just yeah. something I would have liked to see. I like, have a I lot think, of little things I'm petty about. Uh-huh, yeah, last yeah. Disney, I think, have focused a lot since they took over of showing a lot of Vader's own sort of side stories. Yeah, I just don't think this was the proper time for it. Fair. If they ever do a Vader series, I can guarantee you he's getting electric shocked a few times. Awesome. It happens, but if it, I just don't know if it was the right setting for sure. it. It was cool seeing Ian McDermott again because the man's great. Yeah. Um, also cool, Liam Neeson. Oh my Scouts. god! Oh my god! That like talk about a sequence it? of a sequence of events where he goes hello there, and again, I won't. Lie. I, I know it's a meme. <laughs> but I did get like the goosebumps thing, like the same way I got the goosebumps during my God that during that fight scene. I will. I'm assuming we'll talk about that. But I got I had goosebumps the entire time. But like I had goosebumps with the hello there, and then I'm like, it can't get better than this. And you and see then, the figure, and, and you're Liam like, is like, oh, oh took God, you long Lord. enough. Yeah, I wish you saw the other Jedi too that were killed during Order sixty six. No, he's like, well, you could have killed him. You could have avenged just dude. What the hell? Plo Koon's like, oh, Obi-Wan, you busted. And Windu's like, Yeah, see, now I told you, because of Plo Koon, to make it movie accurate, Alex always has to smash his Jedi Starfighter. Exactly. <laughs> um, uh, Reva, yeah, I think we said, it, it was almost like if, if Vader had actually not fully gone, like, if Padme wasn't the thing and he didn't have to do that to try and save her and kill the younglings and that, Reva's sort of like a good ending, Anakin. We don't know where her story's going to go, but it was cool to see that she didn't have to, she didn't go through with it. She didn't kill Luke. We knew she wasn't going because episode four has to but, but <laughs> <Can> like, <imagine. laughs> she just she brings the body back to Owen and he's just dead, like the lightsaber. Like, I guess we're done. The, the credits go, yeah. Disney takes and four, five, six, seven, eight, nine off of. Uh, it's like it's no longer Red Plus. Yeah. All right. Yoda, bad news. You wanted Leia all along. We got her. Time to trade. Yeah, uh, this game. Before we get to that fight, Vader versus Reva. 
was amazing. Oh yeah, that was cool. Yeah, just breaks the lightsaber. What are you gonna do about here? I don't even Reminds need me it. a force unleashed like that part. Oh yeah, just and the scene where Vader brings that ship down and he pulls it. I thought I was watching Force Unleashed. Yeah. I was like, tell me this is real. And it was. And even the fight now to the fight with Obi-Wan, when Obi-Wan lifts up those rocks, I thought they did sound and didn't look as heavy as impacting, I guess. But I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. excuse, what are we doing here? You're not going to like this comparison, Adam. What? Because I know you don't like the Rise of Skywalker. But I think there are just really small parts of it that I did like. So it just did remind me of like you know when like he's like you you regain your strength, yes. It's just kind of like for me when Ray just hears all the other voices of the other Jedi, How and then Obi Wan just I could do he does he does that with all the rocks. I don't know that felt like the same part to me. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I I was talking with someone who like Gus Galloway I mentioned before, and he does like photography work and that I'm pretty sure. And he was talking to me is like one thing he didn't like, and that was a really good point. I didn't think of this. There's so many close-up shots of her, of someone of someone's faces. Like <laughs> even Sidious had one. And I was like, I didn't think of it until he mentioned it, but I'm like, I think every single character. I I Deborah, I love what you did overall, but for the lightsaber fights, can we just zoom out a bit and stop yes. with the cam? Like we're nitpicking. Like, listen, oh, yeah. people have been unnecessarily poor to this, I think. Um, like, but it was good, Deborah. But just it was you know, very good. we just zoom out and study the camera a bit. You know, you, you got away with it for a bit, Deborah. Like, Deborah, I love your work, Deborah. It did a great job, Deborah. But just a little better next time, Deborah. You know what's like really like this is the one thing is like I also liked as well that we didn't really get to see before. It's like Aunt Peru actually had a lot of lines, like I know. for her part, right? Um, shout out to her and Uncle Owen. I love when when Owen was like, "He is my own." I was like, oh, "Yes." Thank goodness. Oh, and he's like, I was going to bring up the, you know, the long rifle that Luke has on the land speeder. I thought I was going to bring that one out. Maybe. I was like, you can do this against an Inquisitor, but all oh, the same people come in, you're dead. What a shame. Where was all that? Where was all that? Um, Rich and quiet. Yeah, the hello Vader, there was great. Can I ask the question, though? Vader is the most intimidating villain. God, he's great. Of all time. Not just oh, in Star yeah. Wars. In yes. all, of all time. Of all time? You know, because I listen. Yeah, is that yes, Adam? Right. I, I haven't think of other villains. You haven't think of them. Like, I, listen, I think the uh, like I don't know the obvious one that came up to me in that region was Thanos. Mm-hmm. Oh God, yeah. But but he's not scary. He's a little. He's scary. Who he's would you rather see scary. at the end of a hallway, Thanos or Vader? Like, are you more scared if you see that gauntlet, or you hear the the breathing, or oh, the breathing? I think, I think. Okay, this is how, why I think Vader is the scarier one. I think Thanos would just straight up kill you. I think Vader would taunt with you. I think he would play with you. He bury you under rocks. Yeah. What about Johnny Lawrence of the Cobra Kai? I like, by the way, that that scene with Palpatine and Vader, yeah. how they foreshadowed Luke when he's like, you not be able to get past, get over your past, Vader. Well, don't you know, Palps? Don't you know? Um, uh, what else? Um, one yeah, thing. Okay, we, so this is like, a, this is, a, you know, we mentioned nitpicks. This is one yeah. nitpick I did have. 
So yeah. when the actual Grand Inquisitor comes back, and then you see him on the Star Destroyer, I forgot you. Yeah, forgot um, you. it looked like I don't. Know, I think it's just the makeup always and the mask on. Was it Rupert Friend? Just kind of always looked off to me based on like what I saw him in Rebels. That it just looked like you know when you have your created character in a in a in a cut scene, <laughs> like he shouldn't be there. Well, it's it's you know what's funny. So he, I think the the species is called a Powell. You see them in episode three at Utapau where Obi-Wan goes to fight Grievous. So he doesn't look like that, which is a bit of a nitpick. It, it was a little distracting. Rebels art styles, yeah, you kind of expect them to be kind of slimmer. But then again, like Rebels has a weird art style, right? Like the really thin lightsabers and that. Um, but yeah, no, he was, it was kind of a, did he need to be in the story? Like I, I liked think, him, but I think it was kind of like just to show like, it's like, I know you were up to Rebel this entire time. Yeah. So that was a nitpick people had was like, why did Vader, because I've not mentioned this, that Vader is very protective of his identity. Like why he never killed Reva, which I think is a very good question. It yeah, didn't yeah. ruin the show for me like it did for other people. But will there be a season two? Because honestly, so. I would be fine if they didn't do it. I'd so be would I. Fine. If, I yeah, I'd be fine too. The only one thing is I would hope for in a season two yeah. is just I think it's just for me. I like I love episode three, and I, I know Adam, you don't like episode two. I like episode two, but I just like to see more flashbacks of like what went on in the Jedi Temple. Really? What, yeah, more like murder? pardon? More murder of the kids? No, because like I think they're just wait during Order sixty six, or do you mean just in general during Order sixty six? Because like not just like the carnage, but like I think there's also that part where. I thought about it in episode three where like, you know, a lot of the Jedi that found the path, right. They're the ones that stayed away from the temple or the ones that managed to escape when they were still in Coruscant. And the one thing is, I just want to know like what their perspective of the react, like their reaction is to like the signal when remember they say like all the Jedi to just yeah, to not come Obi-Wan, back. Obi-Wan's yeah. like, stay away. Yeah. Stay away after like they were like the initial beacon was to like come back. Mm-hmm. I just want to see like there's something like that. There's a reference to that in uh, Fallen Order, by the way. Uh, Cal, finish that Cal game. has a thing in it. Yeah, it's a great plant. Great game. Um, but no, I think you have a good point there. It's just like we've seen a bit of Order 66. Like they make it more and more iconic with every Star Wars thing. <laughs> Fallen Order, I think, nailed it. Like nailed it. Um, we see a bit of. I think in the Mandalorian, we're going to see more of it. Not going to say too much because I don't think you guys have seen it. I've seen a half of episode, half of season one. Okay, so you guys watch watch the Mandalorian. It's great. Um, Even though people don't talk about season one is up and down, Um, but they don't mention that. Uh, But it is good. It is gotta watch the Mandalorian. But like, we're gonna probably see more of it there. Um, Like, it's it's becoming more and more important the longer like the series is gone. There's some really cool like fan movies and like fan little videos that are out there. yeah. If, if I see it, I just don't know what else you can do. I think they just leave it like I, like, I don't want to see him more with Luke. Like, leave it now. Leave him. But then can he leave Tatooine? Is he going to see Ahsoka? I don't know if you're going to make him, uh, him and Cal Kestis meet. Let's keep them. I just, I think you're in a very, I think you have to be sensitive and careful with the first series. I know you and McGregor's open to it, but I'm just, I'm just curious to see if they do do it, where they're going to go with it. Yeah, but, like uh, I think, like good. I'm just throwing things out there before we go, but it just, yep. you know, maybe there's a Bal Organa thing because, you know, they never mentioned him in episode four. 
Uh, maybe that's something it's more political with the Empire or uh, Ale, the new Star Ale. Wars original. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. Like, Star Wars Celebration next year. We have Riva and Organa, the new original series coming. Yes. <laughs> Why not? Uh, I'd say, you know, just I don't care about Andor, but I mean, maybe they do critical. Daniel, I would personally not be interested, but I mean, okay. hey. Just build up Alderaan even more before it gets destroyed. I just like that, or I just want to see more former Jedi, or just something to that extent. You know where you can see the Jedi? I know. Clone Wars. Wars. But I want to see it like... You can see them die. You know, when they're not at their strength. They're out there, man. They're out there. Just you got to watch enough of the Star Wars content and they're up there. They're out there, man. Um, you know. Okay. That's it. Um, it's going to be sad waking up on Wednesdays with no Kenobi, but until the Mandalorian next year. That's true. Thank you for listening. Check out all the links in the description below on that long episode, but it was necessary. Um, and we'll see you next time. Bye, guys.